Good day, good night, shalom, balance, paradise, niha, wassalam, and all of the universal greetings. We are back in the lab, and as you can see, I have a very special guest with me again, hailing all the way currently in uh, California. I have with me Monica Perez, former radio host, presenter, content creator, mother, daughter, obviously. <laughs> Wife. <laughs> Wife, here we go. And all the sister. Sister, cousin, <laughs> auntie, <laughs> and everything in, in between. Welcome to the broadcast, Monica. How are we today? Hey, Noble. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this little change of pace to to speak across the uh, across the globe. Definitely. Just a few thousand miles, just a few thousand miles. And, <laughs> and trust me, you can understand my um, my um, English accents. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, it's great. Birmingham. Am I? That's correct. Sunny Birmingham. Very cold, <laughs> but, you know, the sun always shines in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> that is hard to believe. Well, unfortunately, it's great. If it's I, if I pitch, very, very much so metaphorical. It is gray. They spray a lot of stuff in the air a lot at the time. So Us too. I hate that. It's we don't we rarely get clear days, but when we get a clear blue day, it is wonderful. So you know, cup always half full. More, more, yes. um, more of those days, less of the other days. Chemtrails used to be like my biggest bummer, and then COVID happened, and I'm like, you know, see, that was nothing. Well, <laughs> it could always be worse. Well, seeing that, <laughs> lockdown number one, <clears throat> there was a decreased level of air track uh, activity, and the skies were very clear. And yes, I noticed that too. Yes, and people yeah. before were like, oh, who would say, it's contrails, and it's just the uh yes, exhaust. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was exhaust that got bigger and bigger as hours went by it's like wow that is some kind of plane that can make this a giant it. cloud two hours after it left exactly <laughs> like maybe people may ask me like how i have proof and what really happened i'm like how do i have proof <laughs> like i i just just look at it these are not weird you know these are not organic patterns that are coming out of these you know altitude and weather and the flight paths are like they're crisscrossing the sky yes. like exactly always the day before a storm's coming mm -hmm. that's here because they're trying to keep the rain out but that's self-evident that's another story that is to to um to to yeah. increase the wildfires in the old states yeah i think so i i saw out in my backyard the big there's a huge fire right near where i live and the day it started it was a sunday afternoon and i just saw this huge white cloud coming out and i said man they need to put that thing out pronto they just let it burn and it burned for weeks and i just i remember they and then they had to make up stories for why they didn't put it out Oh, we couldn't get up there. There's cloud cover. And I was like, I remember it. It was a blue day. There was no, it went, you know, and so they, that, that's how I know the wildfires are definitely. What about allowed. the implications of people's health? If, if stuff's burning in, in, in the atmosphere, depending on if it's downwind, upwind or whatnot, that's clearly not going to be health, good and healthy for people. 
It was the first time and I've lived in LA before and I've been around the fires before, but it was the first time I ever really like was looking for air purifiers and stuff, but they're expensive. It's like a thousand dollars and we'd stay inside. Like my eyes would be burning inside the house. I did kind of think of going someplace, but at the same time there were lockdowns. So it wasn't like super easy to get on a plane or go to a hotel it was really, it, it got really bad there for a while. And it, and it just, it, it makes me angry because I feel powerless. Yeah. I felt powerless about the COVID stuff, the chemtrails, the fires. I really feel powerless. And I think, <clears throat> I believe there is power in knowledge and understanding of the truth, but out here people are absolutely true believers. So I would try to say like this COVID stuff, it's a very regressive policy. It's unfair. It's, it's a bad precedent. And people would just like, what are you a Trump supporter? Yeah. Well, the, that <laughs> no. was the thing in America, wasn't it? If you yeah. question COVID, then, oh, wait a minute, you must, you yeah. must be like in this orange, the orange pervert. Yes. Guy. Yeah. And this is where I think, why I think that is because this stuff was so ridiculous, like the disconnect between the policies and the, the evidence that they were giving us. And so it was just completely disconnected. And I don't think they could have gotten even half the people on board with it if they hadn't made it an us versus them thing. So they were like, okay, we can't get 100% people on board. We can't even get 20% people on board just by talking. But we could probably get half the people on board if we say not being on board is Trumpian. A mm. Hegelian dialect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it gets to the point where it's like preposterous. So even the Russian collusion thing and, and a lot of these, if you are a Democrat, you just walk around spouting off these things. And if if one challenges them, they think that you're a Republican, which I'm not. I just I don't believe either of it. And when the Republicans are in office, I don't trust them either. I'm people who love Trump think I don't like Trump and people who hate Trump think I do like Trump because they're looking for certain things to tell yes. them how to think of you. And it's just triggers binary. It's just zeros and ones. There's no, no subtlety whatsoever. They just try to just, are you friend or foe, friend or foe has to be psychological, deeply psychological. Definitely. And, and with the plethora of programmable material and the, um, the increase of the fear porn, which was um, constant, and, and I don't wouldn't say it's so much constant now. They're still they're still out there. I would say sixty percent, but before you couldn't turn onto any channel without the death counts on every day. And a strange thing again, this this just this, this is um, indicative of today's society. Initially, when this this um, the zombie apocalypse happens, the Carlsberg stuff and the Colt forty five uh, virus took place. They um they were saying that strangely this isn't affecting black people and then black people there was all these news articles and reports oh black people are strangely not affected by this fast forward two weeks or three weeks yeah oh, it's black people and the Hispanics the minorities they're the biggest carriers of the bloody thing <laughs> they're the black plague they're now the 2020 version of the new black you know of the of the black plague they're the little rats running around you've got to be careful of these people which was quite you know it's like how do we get from nothing to oh yeah they're, they're the highest numbers even though they're uh, over in england i think we're like 13 percent or something like that eight to 13 percent of the population 
in America. I'm pretty sure it's very similar, isn't it? It's, it's a very yeah, similar. Mm -hmm. So it's something doesn't one and one generally equals two, doesn't it? <laughs> but what they're saying does not add up, Monica. No, it makes no sense. And I, I wonder, well, one thing that we, my partner Binkley and I, he pulls out these videos from uh, the CFR, <laughs> the CFR network, <laughs> Council on Foreign Relations, which is the Royal Institute of International Affairs over here, Chatham House, yes. Brookings Institution, stuff like that. And he pulled one recently for us of Imran Ahmad, who's a guy who runs the Center for Countering Digital Hate. And he was being employed by that group. And I, and I saw somewhere else where over $200 million was being spent specifically to, to convince the minority populations that vaccines were safe because they tend to be less trusting and not giving the benefit of the doubt to vaccines. And so they decided to combine it with the, the same kind of PR stuff they do to raise awareness to racism mm. as um, to attack anti-vaxxers. So I don't know how far back that plot went, but if they plan on using vaccines to kind of run the world or to change us into, because I always talk about being, I don't know anything about health. I'm just a city girl, but, but I like the idea of being independently healthy. And I always tell people like, you don't want to get diabetes or, um, you know, you, it's unfortunate if you have to get an organ transplant or if you're transgender, because you have to take drugs all the time and yes. you're going to have a real problem if that stuff starts shutting down. And if that's how they want to control society, you cannot have these massive populations of people, especially people you want to keep on the bottom that are really important to keep on the bottom. You can't have them having that power of freedom. And I felt that way about the Obama phones. People are like, oh, they're just giving <laughs> minorities phones. It's like, it's because if they don't have them, they can't be propagandized. Mm. And, and there's a, a thing here, and I don't really know what's at the heart of it, but it's called the Hispanic Paradox, and it's about how uh, Hispanic immigrants from all different countries, so countries with totally different cultures and eating habits and all that, who come to this country and don't speak English, so they're by force, they're in the lower echelons economically, which normally is associated with worse health, but they have up to eight years more longevity. And some people speculate, I was listening to Dr. Jennifer Daniel, who's kind of in exile in Panama. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but no. she said that it's she thinks it's because they can't be propagandized or they don't have access to health care. And that's when I started thinking that Obamacare wasn't really about keeping people healthy. It wasn't about giving health care to people who couldn't afford it. It was about making sure that people were plugged into the big pharma mm -hmm. Rockefeller medicine machine to keep them actually dependently healthy. Very so true. I, you know, I don't know how far back the kind of how does COVID affect people of different subcultures? Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if this was a, a longer term kind of, uh, you know, effort to, you know, I just always think they're always trying to maintain this hierarchy that does not, that doesn't progress, even if society would have otherwise progressed. Well, <clears throat> it, it ties in and, no, in my opinion, <clears throat> pardon self, there's no such thing as coincidence. 
So a monument was was constructed down in uh, Albert County, uh, Georgia. Yes. I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with this monument. Yes, yes, yes. And it states in multiple different languages that the population needs to be kept to, uh, what, 500,000? 500 million Million. in the world. In In, the world. In the entire world. (laughs) And... Again, if you can look at um, Mr. Bill Gates and you listen to some of his rhetoric, mm-hmm. TED Talk he's done, the various interviews he's done on BBC News, et cetera, et cetera. He's talking about, and, and again, this is the public who just, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but maybe they're sitting in front of the, the, the little box with the flicker rate with just dribbling out of their mouth. But he's saying to them, if we do a good job, healthcare, if we could do a good job with vaccinations. Yeah, you know, I think there's a third thing he says. He mentions three things. I can never remember what the third thing is. Healthcare vaccinations, something else. But that will lead to population reduction. And that'd be a great thing. And he kind of smiles and, and kind of gives himself like a, he's like he's got a warm glow over him. Yeah, yeah. He always smiles inappropriately when he talks about death and suffering. It's really weird <laughs> maniacal to say the least but yeah he's clearly- no and his his thing was always population control his first foundation was a population control effort and why is it natural for him to be the vax guy like even if he didn't have that ted talk which he says i didn't really mean what you think i meant i didn't really mean what i actually <laughs> said but why but then why you know you know we know that his stated primary goal him and then when him and warren buffett and some other guys got together called form like the good guys club or some crazy stuff. This is their effort where they get everybody from Zuckerberg to Bezos's ex to commit to giving away half of their money during their lifetimes. They're the stated number one goal of that association is population control. So why is he the vax guy if his number one goal is population control? And why is it? Why is um, parts countries in Africa and and India parts of the Indian government suing the Gates Foundation for the um, all of those? What was it? There's the polio, the, the polio vaccination, which sterilized women and the, the, the deformed children as a result of the other ones. Was there a better one? That the polio vaccination, Salk Jonas Salk, is so famous. Do you know the original one gave kids polio? It's called the Cutter Incident. Look it up, the Cutter Incident. It, it was an absolute scandal so that the polio vaccine that ultimately got distributed was not the Salk vaccine. And then Gates repeated it, mm-hmm. repeated that. Like, that's it's impossible to believe this stuff is coincidental. But I actually have gone to the point where I really, I understand bacteria and parasites and everything, but I don't understand this, the theory, it's just a theory that viruses without receptive terrain ill people can just run around jumping from healthy person to healthy person and just killing them based upon your rudimentary research and my very rudimentary understanding understanding and overstanding of viruses they're inanimate objects i know they are (laughs) how how, you know they kind of falls apart my son he likes to he's got a good sense of humor he's a teenager and he was at dinner the other day he said you know, what's with the viruses? Like they're not even alive. And I, of course, was like, yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Mm. The whole table just cracks up laughing because he was just messing with me. (laughs) 
He knows like you can really wind mom up by, by mentioning that viruses are not actually alive. Like how do they run around jumping up people's noses if they're not alive? I don't know. And two things on that. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that they're not alive, but yet there's just there's like a, is it five foot or something like that? Five meters or something? Six feet. Six feet, that's it, and, and, and all this madness. And then on top of that, we've got trained medical professions, professionals, sorry, who have gone through medical school, have spent four years plus training, studying a basic, basic biology, viruses on a basic level, depending on what field they then go into. And yet the news is putting out all, and, and these alleged white coat demons are putting out all kind of nonsense and these medical professions are not thinking wait a minute we wasn't taught any of this at school this 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 makes no sense i know that's the thing i was accepting <clears throat> i really wasn't that focused on any of this stuff i just learned my science i was good at it i, I lived my life having absorbed all of the information i was supposed to washing hands and mm. not being in the same room as somebody who's sick and all that stuff and you know vaccinations in part lifelong immunity because you can't get the same virus twice and you know who who even said like that was a totally unnecessary made up thing by the way like you don't strep throat i've gotten the same strep they tell you to throw your toothbrushes away because you you can't you can get strep throat over and over again if you are sick if you're on if you're unhealthy and those bacteria can get a hold there yes it can come back right so they had to create this concept that you can't get the same virus twice in order to justify the vaccines. And then they were like, well, then you only get the vaccine once. That doesn't make sense. So now we have to say how the virus mutates and that you need to keep getting the vaccines. But the, the other theory was the virus would mutate. You know, viruses mutate to the point where if they kill you, they stop spreading. So they have to mutate the other direction. They have to get less virulent yes. not more virulent so you can't even like the what they taught me in fifth grade science i can you know the logic will fail when we when we try to examine what their theory which has been a theory for 100 years so mm. how why haven't they proven anything that's still a theory like darwin's theory you know or germ <laughs> theory i'm like well if it's how can you not prove it surely there's a like an a, a dispositive yes. you know a study that can give you the absolute truth exactly. one way or another and and they just keep limping these things along and now they've even taken that and just thrown it out the window so that like this thing gives people headaches. It makes them not be able to smell. It affects their lungs. And then it also messes with their guts and stuff. Like it just, it gives you heart problems. Like what, what does this virus look like exactly that it can inject itself into all of those different cells and do weird things, you know, that they haven't even figured out what it looks like exactly. They haven't so even how do they make it back? They haven't even produced an isolated, purified, <laughs> flipping, come on, people. <laughs> it's so I frustrating. Just... It's frustrating that we, as uh, not just we who are, um, who are in the quote-unquote know that this is a sham, um, but just a whole, everybody, it, it, it's unfortunate that, that our lives have been put on hold for over over 365 days it's coming up to is well yeah. not, well we're coming up to 365 days i should say and 
for some people, this has been terrible. Wives are yeah. being abused, husbands are being abused, children, the people aren't eating correctly, the mental health, the physical health, well-being of people, families aren't able to physically connect. We've got people in nursing homes and their daughters, their, their children, their brothers can't even go and see these people. We're having funerals, you know, people are having babies amongst this pandemic. What kind of stress are those people under? I mean, having a baby and having bringing new life into this world is a precious, sacred, and a stressful yeah. thing. Now, add on the fear porn. Add on, look, do you wanna do you wanna not wear a mask or do you wanna kill your granny? That's the that's the rhetoric I advertisements know. that they're, 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 they're plaguing people with. It's I have two things to say about that. I I just a short one is <clears throat> I think that they, these policies have been really regressive. I noticed it immediately, extremely regressive, but also random in that people who've worked hard their whole lives, the rich guy on the block with his own business could just be brought to his knees through absolutely could never anticipate that he would have no job. His business would go under, he couldn't get a job. There'd be no, so it justifies all sorts of like redistribution of wealth yes. by, by disconnecting cause and effect, disconnecting your agency from outcomes. And I always think psychology and sociology have been completely hijacked and dedicated to disconnecting the ability for people to make choices, mm -hmm. to connect cause and effect. And then you say, you know what, there's nothing you can do. All suffering is random. Therefore, we need a central state to allocate resources to people because they can't even eat, you know? So I feel like there's something really uh, intentional about that. But when you talk about like granny and your baby and all of that, and like my mother's 92. So I worry, I, I go and see her, but I worry that like, this is it. Like my kids are not ever going to see her again. And it makes me so angry mm -hmm. You know, I'm not really prone to anger that much. I don't indulge in it. It doesn't, it's not where I live, but yes. I, I get, I can't, I have to just move on. I can't think about it because I can't think, I can't accept it. And, and I'm feel totally and utterly powerless. And I, I just, you know, how do you deal with it? You're a little more enlightened than I am. <laughs> well, ah, thank you very much. I don't know. I think we're, we're, we're pretty much all in the same boat. It's just reflection, taking time to reflect on it. Um, sometimes it exercise, I think exercise is, is, is really a very helpful physical thing, spiritual thing, emotional thing, just to get the endorphins going, just to get the heart rate going. They close the gyms. I haven't been able to go and I just can't do it on my own. And that was a big, big part of where I just, it was killing me like physically, like my, I deteriorated health wise in a year of yeah. not doing anything that's la but you're that actually you gave an answer to another pro part of the problem which is they that they close yes. the churches and the gyms yes and the bars yes all of the places where people socialize where they de-stress where they unpack the day their week um you know you might have a gym body where you know whilst you're squatting or, you know spotting even you know yeah you never guess what's happened I, I, I cheated on my wife or whatever the story is you know <laughs> no more of that yeah, but trust me <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, look, look, listen to this. I was uh, amazed. I was a bit naive, I guess, but, and I don't know if the, I'm pretty sure maybe he was in America as well, but it was illegal to have sex with some, with, 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 with people and, and the first lockdown. Sex was well, outside of your household. The only thing that we never restrict or discourage is sex with random people. So <laughs> <laughs> we like that. But they had they had a lot of um, really vulgar graphic flyers going around, like official flyers at universities and stuff, trying wow. to explain how you can have sex with people without like without being face to face with them what so the sex was okay okay but, <laughs> but kissing or any kind of you know yeah they were it was um if you will permit me to go a blue oh, for go, a second go for it there is a really funny thing where my co-host brad was uh explaining to me that anthony fauci that um I consider him a serial killer, but that's mm. just my opinion mm -hmm. uh, that he was explaining to people what a glory hole was. <laughs> and I had to get this information, you know, during my news show and seems weird. I don't know. But anyway, that was in, that was in like university hands, like official literature on how to have sex without any intimacy whatsoever. <laughs> now, doesn't now look at look again as you mentioned before the, the psychology behind this. This is encouraging frivolous, non uh, non committal. It, the coming together of male and female is a very sacred act. Not so much, depending on you know if you're a millennial onwards, you know you 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 will think the total opposite. But I mean, just kissing. Exchanging saliva for me is a yeah. very, very big thing. I'm not the type of, you know, young man when I was who would be out in the club and I would say, oh, she's pretty. Come here, love. And tongues and, and oh, I see another one. And that was not my game. But there was a lot of people who think that that's cool. And, you know, that's the thing that they do to, I guess, to get off, I guess. Um, but it's again reducing it's 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 lowering the inhibitions and saying well look you don't need to be committed it's not about a relationship it's just about a physical sensation and then once that physical that climax has taken place you can go back and play um on the old ps5 or go back onto twitter right i i agree i actually feel i was raised very catholic and when you're really raised in a like um you're gonna go to hell kind of environment for that it's it can be traumatizing and a lot of people come out the other side going too far in the other direction so i always like to not overcompensate for the extremes of my youth and impose the overcompensation on my kids by like encouraging um promiscuity and stuff like that but i actually just came to the rational conclusion that yes like this stuff is intimate it has extreme consequences to your health and that you could bring a human being into this world yeah. it is so hard to be a stable human being and the number one thing you need is love and affirmation that's the nut it's like even a christian concept to if you don't love yourself, you can't love others. And Jesus yes. requires you to love others. You must love yourself. And you cannot do that if you have not received love, affirmation. It's called affirmation deprivation disorder. You have to have that. And um, my husband and I are like totally different personalities, but we love each other. And the kids 
we put our minds together to try to raise these kids, right? It's very difficult to take a human organism and raise it good in this extremely yes. artificial world. And that is going to take like a, a home, a nest. And mm -hmm. I feel like when you're young, you are not fully integrated. So you separate out like the physical sensation and um, the ego gratification yes. of conquest mm -hmm. from this like higher level thing, which is that intimacy. And it's like good for your relationship and all that. And I try to tell my kids, like, you don't want to put physical intimacy before emotional intimacy, because then everyone's kind of like embarrassed and you can't then progress by opening up slowly because you've like skipped a step and it's bad for you. And it's not, and also you're bringing somebody into, you might actually bring somebody into the world. And if you really don't want to bring somebody into the world, you have to take hormones, which are really yes. radical thing to do to a female body. Mm. You know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. It's not natural. It's not good. And it annoys me when the message that they constantly get is even more disconnection to where it's yeah. like the sex thing is virtual and the glory whole thing and just don't kiss, you know, it's just, if those things you can, they can all be safe if they go in order. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, it's, it's unhealthy. It's spiritually unhealthy. I think. Definitely. And also taking it to, to the wider picture, it's two beings coming together for ultimately for procreation purposes if if you know both are healthy etc but that also brings baggage and that baggage is comes in the form of the two families and having to come together as a union you know so it's it's a oh yo show sarah jane she looks so oh my day she looks absolutely wonderful and then you you know you have the 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 sexual relation and then sarah jane calls you back in a month's time and she says you know what steve i'm pregnant and you were thinking oh well you know you're very nice and all that kind of stuff and i wasn't actually thinking of being becoming a father i haven't even met your parents you haven't met my parents i haven't even met your friends uh but okay and then this relationship then forms under these shaky, um, questionable grounds. And then you're trying to do your best as, as two people to create this, 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 you know, this, this unit, but you haven't done the homework. You haven't done the background checks. And how unfair is it to resent a little baby, you know, as the catalyst for this, you're going to hold that little baby responsible, but you make a good point about how families have to come together. Like if you are creating a new life, your families are a part of that. And that is the network of what, and this is why like forced immigration, or I should say like artificial immigration when, when the U S will like drop 20,000 bombs on Syria and people who don't want to leave Syria have to because it's gone or they or an economy is blown up from the outside by it's I, I just know about the US, UK certainly has done its share of harm <laughs> in the world. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, definitely. But so when when they do those things, then you disconnect people from those ancestral ways of surviving, both from a perspective of food and the safety net of like family relationships. And then you end up up 
pushing everything into this quantifiable, monetizable, like a money thing. So you emigrate and then you're in the middle of nowhere and you have to get like government money. You have to convert all of your energy in the marketplace to the coin. And, and it really disconnects you. I mean, the more, the older I get and the more I, I see, even as a parent, the way my kids are, um, trying to adapt to like really artificial social circumstances, even the way schooling is. And then I've even gotten to the point where I think it's not good to always wear rubber soled shoes and never, ever touch dirt. Like it can't, it can't be natural. And I feel like all of this stuff, the, the way that the powers that be decide what to encourage, they love disconnected sex. They just love it. And it's going to be absolutely virtual at some point, but that's really part disconnecting it is part of the unraveling of the human fabric that comes from community and culture and gives you maybe not individual autonomy, Mm -hmm. but some kind of cultural autonomy that, that would give the power and the strength to resist some of these dictates from above, which I cannot, I just cannot see the path forward because our culture, especially here in LA has been so corrupted to just believe propaganda Mm -hmm. and there's no place else to turn. And I feel like it's such a monumental problem because it goes down to stuff like that, to like relationships and trust and, and intergenerational power. And if it's not on the news, it's not right. It's 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 um it's 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 incorrect data. It's oh wait a minute, but that wasn't on CNN. Yeah, and and even me, like I'm hardcore libertarian, and you'll see there's plenty of I I'm always surprised when I see the kind of lip service to libertarian stuff. Fox News has libertarians; they're totally fake. They're not even good libertarians. But even libertarianism is like they're okay with that because it also kind of because it just addresses economics or just addresses the line between like civil law and moral law and you it's you have to like look at you just they just don't focus on okay so you're going to limit the government but then there has to be something else like what is that other thing so if they're definitely not addressing any of that on the news. As a matter of fact, they weaponize it by constantly drawing wedges. I don't know if it's like this in the UK, but here, just constant wedges between immigrant communities, Latin oh, yes. communities. Black, I mean, it's just constant. It's so upsetting because I just, you know, it's just... Um, it is so unhealing, like to the extent healing needs to be done. Like, what do you think about that? On the individual level, how much healing can we do? And are they not exploiting it all the time? They're constantly exploiting it. They're playing off um, cultures against, against, uh, off against cultures, ethnicities, nations against nations. Um, looking at, as you're talking about, the differences between migration and forced migration, immigration and forced immigration. These lines have been totally blurred. Right. So I, I can recall um, the first few ways when I was when I was in um, primary school, I guess, there wasn't the main population in the UK in Birmingham was you had a big Asian community which, which was um, split between Sikhs and Sikhs, Hindus and Muslims. Then the next one would have been Afro-Caribbean, West Indies, people from the Caribbean. And then you had a smaller section of, of, of the African diaspora, mainly from, 
I would say Nigeria of sorts. Fast forward, we've had wave upon wave of, of migration um, of, we had the Kosovans, thousands of them coming over. Hmm. Some very hardworking people, <laughs> but <laughs> with the hardworking people, with most waves of people that come over, we had some horrible um, drug pushers, gangsters, mm. you know, prostitution, all that kind of stuff, violent crime that was taking place, which takes place most definitely, but very much con con um, concentrated in that community. Turkish, um, the most recent one, I guess you would say, would be the Eastern Bloc, the Polish, and, and all of those sort of people. But then in between that, we've had an influx of Sudanese, uh, Utrans, Ethiopians, um, and that comes with lots of different clashes in regards to ethnic prob um, problems back home now, resurfacing now, you're in a different country kind of thing. Um, it's clearly, from what I can see, it's forced. It's forced because then the people who, who were born and raised three generations, or if you were, if you're Anglo-Saxon, and you've been here all your life, or you've came from Scotland or Ireland, and you're just thinking, what on earth's going on? Like, we don't mind helping people and stuff. And of course, right. we're going to have a, you know, England and most countries are quite mixed in regards to the population. But what's what's going on? Because those people are coming over and then straight away, they've got houses, they've got businesses. And it's like, wait a minute, how, how, how does this happen? And it's not like just one business. They've got, they open up one shop, then that one shop turns into four shops. And they're driving very nice cars, and you're thinking, how there's are a you couple able? Of, yeah, we have that too. And I, there's a couple of things. One is it's called like the human rights industry, where all these NGOs actually get they are privatized, like signing people up for welfare and everything, and they will literally advertise in foreign countries to get people to relocate from wherever Ethiopia or something like Somalia to Minneapolis, stuff like that. I one I know is Cape Verde Island to um someplace in Massachusetts. I know they do that. And then the other thing that I've noticed here is that we had all this influx of people from the Eastern European countries or like behind the Iron Curtain, the Russian yes. countries. And they immediately recognized that there was so much government money. And in those places, that's the only way to get rich. So they're absolutely bred to figure out how to exploit the bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. But here we're kind of naive and stupid. And we don't think like that. Only like the savvy people know to get into the like I think the Russians took over the nursing home industry in New York because Ooh. it's all like a government money and mm. like I don't know I don't think Americans were just raised to think of business as not value added but like who's who's signing who's making the decisions and there was even one scandalous email I saw in the Hunter Biden things that the they started a financial um uh, merger or whatever, like joint venture with Chinese, um, a Chinese company. And the email was a, a list of people for our phase one projects, a list of our contacts for phase one projects. And it was 15 prominent Democrat um, elected officials here, like 10 of which I had heard of. And, you, you know, that's a very high level if I know yes. all of them. And so it's just a lot of that kind of stuff. But 
I also think that above it all, it's it, it's so destructive to not only the community itself that has all those different people, but the communities that they came from. Mm-hmm. That you that and and individuals, I'm total individualist. So I people should have absolutely the right to work and travel. But in order to prompt those migratory waves. Oh, they gonna come down to this. Tick tock, watch clock. Every hour, every minute, every second that I'm here Sitting up perfect posture, feeling like I'm an imposter Knowing damn well that I lost you, why am I still fighting? Lying to me yet again, uh, playing with me for the win uh, Telling me that you're going to hang out and play Xbox with some of your friends Ay, Stop lying, you're probably somewhere popping tags on her Stop lying, you're probably somewhere throwing cash on her Stop lying, just probably somewhere throwing ass on Trying not to go ballistic and be a statistic and go out and shoot up your car You've been doing things out of spite Going out and staying out all night I do not know what to do Make signals got me so confused But you're breaking all the rules And I got nothing else to lose, baby You've been doing things out of spite Going out and staying out all night I do not know what to do Big signals got me so confused Why you breaking all the rules And I got nothing else to lose, baby Water wine, sip it slow Light the car, blow the smoke Turn savage Girl, let this nigga have it For the first and last time Trigger fingers, getting happy Blow this nigga's mind You gon' lie Play Cupid, my nigga, you thought you wouldn't lose me. Spending all your money on her, princess cuts in the front. Why you listen to her? Nigga, that shit that hurts, but what you deserve is much worse. Ayy, contemplating not to squeeze the trigger. Fuck it, you don't need this nigga either. Telling me to see the bigger picture. Don't want you, and you can take a witch. Statistics got me screwed up in the head. Vision blurry, all I see is red. Trigger finger happy, yes, indeed. Got to bring his weak ass out to his knees. You've been doing things out of spite Going out and staying out all night I do not know what to do Big signals got me so confused